You're listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus, a show dedicated to people wrestling with life and faith. Here is Pastor Nick Pierce. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is Nick Pierce. Again, just thank you for tuning in, listening in as we just process and engage just normal everyday life and the things that uh, happen to us. Um, I hope is that this is, I, I love the line where I believe that we as Christians should be proactive and how to engage life and not reactive. Because reactive is just sitting back and just trying to dodge everything that's being thrown at us, but instead leaning in, not trying to be on the defensive, uh, but being on the offensive and really engaging in life. So uh, this morning, I just kind of wanted to talk about this line. Uh, people will come up to you and they'll say, I can't believe this happened. And every time there's a massive tragedy in our world, this line comes out, uh, especially in our country. And you'll hear the conversation go something like this. Can you believe that? And then just fill in the blank with whatever various evil exists among us. Uh, Here recently, there's been a lot of church shootings. Maybe you heard about the one down in Texas. Uh, why they were taking communion, uh, school shootings, work shootings, uh, people trying to mow each other down with their cars and parades. It's, it's just crazy. So anyway, something like that will happen, and the conversation goes, hey, can you believe that? And they say, whatever happened. And this one astonished person is saying that to the other, like, I can't, can you believe this happened? Only to be returned, the other person looks to him and says, I cannot believe this happened. And that's the idea I want to push back on. Truly, you, you really cannot believe that this has happened? Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? See, we need to understand that what cannot be understood can happen. I'm going to repeat that. We need to understand that what cannot be understood can happen. Why? What good does this bring? We need to understand the problem. Let's start there. Number one, we all have a heart, figuratively and literally, but I'm speaking figuratively. I'm not talking about the four chambers and your aorta and stuff like that. We all are able to be deceitful and desperately sick. In light of, actually I probably should be saying in dark of, what has happened and what happens in our country week in, week out, You know, all the media, all the conversations, they become flooded with blame and finger-pointing and sayings like, oh, it's a gun problem, or no, it's not a gun problem, it's a hate problem. They become popular anthems. We start blaming the president. We blame parties, Republicans. We blame Democrats. We blame the religious. We blame the anti-religious. Anyone we can, in some attempt to make sense of what has happened. The problem is that we don't understand the problem. See, we cannot have hate, murder, racism, shootings, death without sin. And sin is the real problem. If we will not call sin what it is, sin, then we will always be treating the symptoms and never getting to the core of the issue at hand. It's kind of like having strep throat. 
you take throat spray, throat lodging, whatever those things are called, you're drinking hot tea, you're doing all these things to help soothe your throat, but you're never taking antibiotics to help kill the strep A bacteria that is causing your throat to be sore. So you're treating the soreness, but you're not treating the bacteria that's growing in the back of your throat. And so it's the same way. So what's our treatment? See, when we see brokenness, it brings to mind the idea of perfection, right? We are just left holding broken pieces, life, knowing that there was something once beautiful before us. But if we only treat the symptoms, more brokenness is sure to arrive. Just give it time. I mean, no brokenness has ever healed, fixed brokenness. So how do we treat something that everyone has a sick, sin-filled heart? We don't. And further, we can't. Brokenness cannot heal other brokenness. It's as if we are waiting for one drowning victim to save another drowning victim. I mean, can you imagine that? Like there's two kids, you know, at the city pool. They pull everybody out because both of them are drowning. And the lifeguards are like, nah, maybe one will get the other one. But they're both drowning. Who can heal our brokenness? One who is not broken with sin, but was broken for us. Second Corinthians 5.21 says it this way. For our sake, for your sake, my sake, your neighbor, the guy you work with, the lady down the street, for our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. He was perfect. He was not broken by sin. So that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So let's connect the two. If we refuse to accept the gospel, or if we refuse to allow the gospel to flow in and through us, we are choosing our brokenness. We are more satisfied with our deceitful, sick heart than the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And we will continue to ask the same question, how can this happen? But if we do accept the gospel and we do allow the good news of Christ to flow in and through us, we are satisfied with the love of Christ. And even though evil exists in this world, we are just wanderers traveling through. We know that this is not our home. That one day all this sin and the brokenness, it won't be a part of it. And we are just called to show others that there is another way. That brokenness is not the last word, but restoration of what was perfect. That's the last word. I think that's one of the biggest struggles we have as human beings, even with the forgiveness and the love and the grace and the mercy of Christ, is our brokenness. And we are all moving from brokenness to wholeness, but the enemy is just really good at attacking us and he's always pointing out our past. You might have seen this on social media where, you know, when, when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles that we have is, you know, true forgiveness. Not that we doubt that if God has truly forgiven us, but have we accepted that true forgiveness? See, a lot of us, we look at our brokenness uh, kind of like this way. Uh, kind of a fun... A uh, story that's really just uh, really made this thought come to life for me. 
you know, there's a there's a son, he's just learning to drive, and and his dad just has this, you know, the his favorite animal, his favorite dog that they've had for let's say twelve years, whatever. A long time. The dog, the dad are just best friends. Well, the son and learning how to drive accidentally hits the dog and kills the dog. And so he, he goes to the father and he has this dog and he's like, I'm sorry, I I killed your dog. And I mean, could you imagine that conversation? Oh goodness. And so the father forgives him, says, you know, I love you, son. I forgive you. Just go bury the dog. And so the son goes and buries the dog and, and they move on. The problem is the son can't. Even though the father said you are forgiven, the son can't move forward on it. And he goes out into the backyard, you know, on the back 40 of the field, wherever they bury the dog, and he digs up the dog again. And he brings the dog, now a, a week old uh, <clears throat> post-mortem, and brings it to the father and says, Dad, I killed your dog. I'm so sorry. Can you please forgive me? And the father, he like, oh, slightly weirded out. You know, if my son walked up to me with my favorite dog, uh, plus a week of decay on him and, and dug him up, it'd be a little different. But, you know, the son's like, Dad, I killed your dog. I'm so sorry. And he's like, I've forgiven you. I forgave you last week for that. Go bury the dog. So the son, okay, okay. Dad, he's forgiven me. So he goes and buries the dog. But a couple more weeks later go by and, oh, it's just it, the guilt and the shame is just hitting him again. That like, I killed my dad's favorite dog. And he goes and he digs up the dog again. And he takes it to the father. Dad, forgive me. I killed your dog. See where I'm going with this. We have to understand the father has forgiven us. Not because of what we've done. Not because we're good and we're awesome and we're just all that and a bag of chips. No, no, no. He's forgiven us because of what Jesus has done. And if he has forgiven us, that's he is faithful and true. That if we confess our sins, his promise is that he has forgiven us. And he will wipe away all this. And, and we will become the we are the righteousness of God. That the sin is wiped away from us and the righteousness of Christ is big fancy word imputed on us so that when God sees us, he doesn't see the bad things that we've done in our past. He sees the perfectness of Christ. And so with your brokenness, go bury the dog. Leave the dog buried. Quit digging it up. Understand that God has forgiven you and you are a new creation and to move forward in this. Now here's the best part. You're probably thinking, okay, what's this have to do? Like how did we go from how do bad things happen in this world and deal with them? If each of us would just share that simple message of how to deal with the brokenness in our lives, I think those situations where we would say, can you believe this happened, would decrease greatly. Because when you look at those, I believe a lot of the times it's in a response to some form of brokenness. That somebody's been hurt, somebody's been betrayed, somebody's dealing with something and they don't know how to properly respond respond to it and to and they just react to their emotions and they feel like this might be the only way out and so I just encourage you bury the dog 
Understand the forgiveness. Understand that we do have a sin problem, but we also have a sin healer. And that Christ came to heal us of this. And we are a new creation, but also to allow the gospel not only to move in us, but to flow through us. See, the gospel was never meant to stop at us, but to flow through us. You know, God's not sitting up there thinking, oh, oh, Nick came to faith. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I was really worried about that. No, no, no. God saves each of us because he has a plan and a purpose for our life. We were not the end of his plan. We're just the means of it, that he wants to work in and through us to reach others, that others might come to know that, hey, there's a healer for the brokenness that you struggle with. And so if that's you even as you're listening to this, struggling with some form of, we all have brokenness. It's just, in, even though it's not the same, doesn't mean anything. We all have brokenness. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I do have brokenness in my life. I just encourage you, lift that up to the Lord. Let him take it. Accept his forgiveness. And starting today, take that first step in that new life away from guilt and shame. That was never meant to be what our lives are like, even this side of glory. You know, John 10, 10, he came to give us life and life abundantly. And our eternal life starts now. That, you know, John 17, 3, that, you know, when we know him, that's when our eternal life starts. So I encourage you, bury the dog, repent and be healed of the brokenness and walk in a newness of life with Christ. So I hope this has helped. Uh, if there's anything, uh, definitely hit me up, message me, Instagram. Um, would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, any questions I could help, maybe give a response to. Um, I welcome that with open arms. Uh, other than that, God bless. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus. If you have any questions about God or want to get deeper into your faith, feel free to hit Pastor Nick Pierce up on Instagram at nickus1. That's N-I-K-K-U-S-1. Thanks and have a great day.